Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. And by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Louisiana, with information about health care reform tax credits, health insurance options, a checklist, and answers to frequently asked questions at bcbsla.com reform. Additional support provided by Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, LLC. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. There's been a big energy debate in the country over the last few years. It swung from believing our future lies only in the discovery of oil to believing that fossil fuel is unsustainable and our future depends on alternative energy sources. The current thinking is that we need to be somewhere in the middle, drilling for oil and encouraging alternatives. With so much of the country's oil production coming from the Louisiana coast and the abundance of natural resources here in New Orleans, we're in a good position to cover both bases. And that's what my guests are doing on Out to Lunch today. Uh, Todd Hornbeck is chairman, president, and CEO of Hornbeck Offshore Services, a company that provides a wide range of seagoing vehicles and services to the oil industry in the Gulf of Mexico and other international markets. Uh, Todd, welcome to Out to Lunch. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And my other guest is at the alternative end of the energy spectrum. Robert Suggs is the CEO of South Coast Solar, a New Orleans company that designs, builds, and installs solar energy systems for homes and businesses in states across the South. Uh, Robert, uh, welcome down to lunch. Thank you, Peter. Now, you're on both sides. I don't want any fighting here, but it's... uh, But the truth of the matter is that uh, Todd and Robert, uh, although you're at either ends of the energy industry today, it didn't start out that way. Uh, Robert, you grew up in the oil field support business. Your folks owned and ran petroleum helicopters, and your family's been in the uh, energy business for 65 years. Um, What pulled you away from continuing in the traditional energy business and into solar? Well, we we sold the business back in in 2001, and um, after that, we... I looked for something that I really wanted to do and I was interested in, and it just so happened that I had an opportunity with some friends of mine that, that started South Coast Solar to invest. And um, in about 2008, beginning of 2009, is when I took over as managing partner, and since then we've been growing very quickly, and the sky's the future. And what, attra- what attracted you to it? Is there something about the, the economics or where we'll be 10 years from now? Or? Well, frankly, it, it has a lot to do with the tax credits. Uh, Senator Nick Gotro, when he wrote the legislation back in 2007, created one of the best tax credits in the country, which is a 50% refundable tax credit. And with that, it basically started our industry, and we were the number two solar energy contractor in the state. And now we have over 200 contractors and over 1,000 direct jobs directly from the industry. So it's, it's, it's come a long way in, in, in a short period of time. Now, uh, every year, you know, when the legislature meets, people always worry. We have, for instance, we've had the film industry on the show, and they always worry they're going to get nicked. Have you been remained intact? We, we were up there, and we definitely took a big haircut this year. Um, there were some concerns that um, the tax credits were going to cause a huge impact on the, the fiscal budget. And so what they did was they, uh, they trimmed it back to a single tax credit per residence, which means that you can take a tax credit up to 12, 12500 
per residence, but you're allowed to take a 30% federal tax credit as big a system as you want to go. So if you want to maximize your investment, the idea is to, to maximize the $25,000 window. But you can do bigger systems. It just depends on what your what your goal is and what you're trying to do. And then you do bigger systems, right? Absolutely. I was looking at me. I think of you as housing, but you did what, Fort Polk? and We do we do a lot of different military work as well. We um, we work for the VA hospitals. Uh, we have a MATOC that's that's down in, in Florida. We do a lot of work with with our SDVO, Service Disabled Veterans. So right now we're doing West Palm Beach, Florida, the VA down there, the VA in Biloxi. We're going down next week to do the VA and look to do the VA in Puerto Rico. So wow. we, we stay busy. I mean, we're, we're not just a, a residential solar energy provider. We, we do everything from, from residential to commercial to government work. So, Wow. Now, yeah. when, you, now when you guys were growing up, uh, I don't, did you know each other? Because you both came from the oil field support business. Did you say, like, my dad's helicopters can outfly your dad's boats or, <laughs> or something like that? Is, uh, no, I mean, we knew each other's families. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, New Orleans, like anybody will tell you, is a small city. So... <laughs> Uh, we absolutely know who the Hornbecks are. <laughs> now, Todd, you came from a family background in the oil and gas business, too. Your father, Larry, was the founder of the original Hornbeck Offshore Services. You came on board, if you'll pardon the nautical pun, some 22 years ago. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes over that time. But before we get to that, um, can you give me an idea of what an average day looks like at Hornbeck? Well, a normal day at Hornbeck from an operation from a seagoing standpoint you know, our vessels are being loaded out with all different types of chemicals and weight material and pipe and everything it, it needs to bring offshore fuel, water, everything. Because these rig. are cities. Things you these are cities yeah. that we're providing all the services to offshore to drill a well. So we're like the umbilical cord. We, without us, they cannot drill a well. So we're loading uh, cargo 24 hours a day, shipping it offshore, staying in, in it, really integral in the drilling process today because the technology has changed so much from the vessel support side. So we're actually doing a lot of chemical mixing on board. We're pumping down hole into the, uh, into the structure. Uh, quite different than it was in my dad's days. Like your dad's <laughs> day, has been, I mean, it was sort of a, the boats were sort of cookie cutter, 180 foot uh, vessels, but you have just stretched mm -hmm. the imagination with your vessel. How, how big are these compared well, we have some vessels that are in excess of 450 feet long. Wow. Uh, we have some PSVs or platform supply vessels that are the largest in the world at 370 feet. Um, we also, are, our, our new new breed, our new Hossmax vessels that we're building right now are 300 to 320 feet. Uh, we have 240-foot vessels, 200-foot vessels. Uh, in, in comparison, uh, you know, our largest vessels are probably 10 times the size of the v vessels they were in the 80s or 90s. Wow. And uh, technology has just driven us further and further offshore, much deeper, uh, not just water depths, but much de deeper structures we're drilling into, very, very high-pressure wells. As the technology changed in the drilling format, on the drilling rigs, our technology on how we deliver our services changed as well. So we had to adapt our vessels to be able to complement and support those drilling operations in very, very remote locations, uh, very, very deep water, and high-pressure wells. So we, we, we kind of uh, mapped and expanded our services as the technology of drilling expanded. Well, now, Todd, for those that aren't in the energy business, the, the place that most people have seen 
rigs and such is, is fishing, uh, you know, which I love mm-hmm. to fish. And, uh, but we're, I'm looking at very shallow water when I go out there. How far out are you guys? You're the other end of the world. Well, right? some of our uh, locations in the Gulf of Mexico are in excess of 200 miles offshore one way. Uh, some of the frontier areas that we're looking at now, uh, we're operating out of Trinidad. We've operated out of Trinidad into French Guiana because there's really no big infrastructure off of French Guiana to support a drilling campaign, and that's six days one way to the well site. Uh, some, of the, some of the well sites uh, in Alaska that Shell is drilling right now are, all, are almost 10 days to the well site from the shore So if you basin. forgot something, forget it. Is well, it? what we say, it, it, it not only is it driving um, uh, larger vessels, you know, if you're going to go a long way, bring a lot, <laughs> you know. Uh, it also, the technology in drilling so deep into the Earth's crust, you know, it, it, between thirty-five and 36,000 total depth, after you get through the water column, uh, you know, is, uh, takes a tremendous amount of fluids, pipe, By the way, supplies. Tuck, what, eight miles or what is, I mean, Yeah, eight an, miles into the, into the Earth's crust, you know, 5,280 feet is a mile, so <laughs> it, we can all do the math. And, uh, you know, now the drill ships and semi-submersibles are drilling, and, you know, before we even get to the seafloor, uh, up to 10,000 foot water depth. So a couple miles before we even get to the seafloor. Um, and a lot of different water columns and currents and eddies and all, loop currents in the Gulf of Mexico. So it is a very, very complicated uh, application, uh, and it's analogous of us going to the moon uh, each and every day. So, and, and I do agree with you on your opening statements that, you know, you know it is um, hydrocarbons can't be replaced, and it is the future. I just wanted to say that for my colleague. Oh, here. that's so great. <laughs> I really thought we'd get some sort of wrestling thing here. They, uh, but we also have a lot of solar panels on a lot of rigs out there, too. Though. Oh, no, is that true? That's true. That's Especially actually the sort ones. of a funny visual, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. There's uh, the... Uh, the uh, and Robert, let me just ask a question I've been wanting to know. The, what are the economics starting to look like? The, is it the cost of the, the cells are going down? People get very excited about where we'd be in solar five years from now, for instance. I will tell you that five years ago, it was very expensive. Um, we saw panel pricing, that, and we call it a price per watt or a price per gallon if you want to compare it to something. Our price per watt was in the $9 range. Mm-hmm. So like a typical 4KW system, 4,000-watt system, would run you about $36,000. That same system today would roughly cost you about twelve. Wow. So it's come down quite a bit. So, you know, South Coast Solar has continued to increase our revenues, but at the same time with price is falling so uh, you know I'm pleased with where we are but but pricing has been a big uh, a big part of, of, of the change in, in, in the culture because as the price comes down more and more people get involved they want to do it they see how much savings you can have um, like for instance we can sell a, a $25,000 system can, can generate an AKW size system and that that'll save you roughly about 90 to 100 dollars a month in savings for the next 25,000, 25 years. So that, that when you start talking about $100 a month for the next 25 years, that's that's a big number. That is, let me ask you just because people I know are, are thinking about this. Average size home, how much does it cost to? It, 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 that's the first question that everybody asks us. And, and there is no answer? The, the answer is it's not based on the size of your home. <laughs> it's actually based on how much energy you consume. So if, if you have an average utility bill of $200, 
you know, all day long, depending on roof space, we can knock off about 50% and upwards of 75, 80, 90%, depending on what your goal is. Wow. So, yeah. You're installing the ones offshore. That would be actually kind of, <laughs> they must leave with the solar on it, huh? No, I mean, there, there are, there are <laughs> certain wells that are out there, especially that are onshore that, that still have remote monitoring. There's telemetry devices that are out there that need some sort of battery service to make sure, you know, measure well, well flow and stuff like that. So you're an energy renaissance man. Robert. That's what that's what I, you I are. Have to, I have to confess, I'm using solar as well on our ranch in Texas. Uh, we have it on some water wells yeah. and uh, some monitoring systems for some wells oh. that we have out there. Yep. Here, so, I thought we'd see yeah. bloodshed, and this uh, is fun. <laughs> this is uh, hey, look, look, look. It's about driving uh, reliability and cost at the end of the day, and. Uh, you know, some of these remote locations that you need battery or you need some monitoring systems or some repeaters, uh, you know, it's better to do it with a solar panel, you know. Wow. Uh, but, uh, you know, the big energy consumption comes from a lot of other industries that... Uh, that Isn't most of our imported oil transportation mm-hmm. related? Is that kind of where... It's Most of it is transportation related, uh, manufacturing as well. I mean, it's hard to get a- away from that equation of what the foot pound can produce, you know, with a, with a barrel of oil. So... Uh, I don't see oil going away any any anytime soon. Even as we have alternatives come into the marketplace, and as they get cheaper, I still think uh, consumption of oil, what we've seen globally, is still growing. Uh, you know, all the developing nations of the world, their primary resource is going to be hydrocarbon. You know, as they develop, uh, whether it's India or China or any any place around the world. So even though we we as an industry went through a, or as a country went through a recession. You know, after the 2008 banking situation right. and then what ensued after that and what translated into Greece and, you know, Italy and everywhere else, we didn't see overall macro consumption come in worldwide. It stayed the same, you know, so yeah. of hydrocarbons. So it, it, pretty interesting uh, situation. You had some of the largest developing nations in the world or developed nations in the world that use most of the, the product uh, go into recession you would think there would be contraction, sure. and there wasn't. So really, really interesting on what we're seeing now as our customers and as the U.S. translates, you know, with the oil price that stayed high, translate into really trying to produce these hydrocarbons and getting that on stream for the country. So it's almost symbiotic, yeah. you know, in what's happened over the last five years. Well, that is. I'm going to ask you a question now from our checklist, and this is the part of the show where we take mm-hmm. a break and ask you a question you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. So um, <laughs> I'm going to, in fact, I'm going to ask you both the same question today, and that is, um, I'll start with Robert. If you could swap places with another person in business for a day, who would it be? Would it be, would it be Bill Gates or somebody else or somebody you'd like to take over their operation for a day? Uh, <laughs> Not uh, he, he, he can't say on, on, on <laughs> radio. Uh, probably, I would say Obama to get rid of Obamacare, but uh, <laughs> don't think uh, he doesn't have a ticker symbol. You yeah, need a ticker so, symbol. No, no. On a serious note, um, it's easy for me. Oh, okay, it is very, very easy. I'd like to run either Shell or Chevron for a couple of days. <laughs> So that I can make sure I get all the Hornbeck boats contracted. Oh, yeah. that <laughs> is. See, you were trying to change the world. Todd's just fixing the balance sheet. No, that's, that's terrific. That's a, that's a tough question because, um, <laughs> you know, you're, ask, you're asking me to, to step out of my shoes and, and, and uh, be somebody else for a day. And, you know, I, I really enjoy what I do every day. Yeah. I come to work. I'm very mm-hmm. excited. Um, and it seems and, like you got your hands full. So yeah, that- we, we do. And, I mean, there's – 
you know, there's there's tons of people that are, that are out there that I, I'd love to be in their shoes, but um, uh, there's there's a guy out there, and I, his, his name escapes me, but um, he runs Tesla. He uh, he also oh, yeah. owns Solar City. He's also doing the rockets to space. Um, God, what is his name? No, it's, it's the. Uh, I thought Branson would be another good guy. <laughs> <be a> good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so I thought you were going to say like Chris Owens or something. It's great. Our next part is the the pay it forward section, and uh, it's where we ask our guests to generously use their experience and expertise to help an entrepreneur with a new business. And uh, New Orleans has been just such a center for entrepreneurship over the last couple of years. So Todd, Robert. Uh, today we're talking about a product you may not have first-hand knowledge of, but I'm sure you've taken a passing interest in it from time to time, and that, of course, is bikinis. Um, they, uh, there's a company called Nola Bikinis. It's new. It's founded by local clothing designer Michelle Marcom, and Michelle repurposes concert T-shirts, sports T-shirts, and jerseys into swimwear. For example, uh, a Rolling Stones T-shirt or a Saints football jersey becomes... Uh, a bikini, and uh, we showed you some pictures of these uh, earlier. Um, this, I, I think, in this bikinis is sort of the format of the show. It's basically, uh, you know, cover the important parts with a minimum amount of material. So this is a this is going to work out fine. Uh, you can you can buy Nola bikinis online and at swimwear retail outlets, and you can also get one from Nola bikinis on the road mobile boutique. And for locals, there's, believe it or not, bikini curbside service. Um, it lets you build your own bikini and have it delivered in a sporty convertible. This is getting better and better. Uh, Todd and Robert, Michelle would like some advice on marketing. She's been approached by a sports team about becoming a sponsor, but this is expensive for a small business, although it's great exposure. She's wondering if you think a sports team sponsorship would translate into sales, and she's also wondering whether you should con whether she should concentrate on low overhead portable bikini boutique or at maybe actually op opening a physical bricks and mortar store what, what do you what do you think uh, what advice do you have for michelle I'll, I'll tell you from our experience that the internet is the best way to uh to drive your, your, your product to market um over 50 percent of what we do is, is all internet based based google adwords twitter i mean social media for us is a is a very big deal so that that what I would think would be probably your best way to get it out to market would be through your social media outlets. So less uh, less bricks and mortar, more yeah, more more on the internet. And Todd, um, well, well, I'm not in the retail business; have never been. Uh, but uh, as Robert and I were talking before the show, <laughs> I think uh, we would be good judges uh, of the models for the bikinis. Oh, that is so <laughs> yeah. great! So that's the first thing she can do is make us great. judges. Great, that, that's going to put her over the, the top. The, the second thing is um, streamline. You know, make the business strategy very, very simple. I just go back and see what Crocs did. You know, they had a very, very simple model. It was a retail model, and they were able to hit the mainstream and be in a lot of different areas. Focus on if she's going to be in New Orleans and focus on the branding of New Orleans, then make that her, 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 her brand. Uh, make uh, NOLA her brand. Uh, it has a, a distinct culture here. It's, it's very um, uh, portable. You have a lot of tourists that come into this town, get with uh, – yeah, not just the sports agents and all of the uh, uh, the, 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 the themes of the teams, uh, but uh, the different boutique shops that are here in town. She can set up, you know, and have a little corner in a lot of different boutique yeah. shops just to get her name out there. And then I agree, the social media is where it's at, you know, for retail products. So. And, and Robert, you mentioned earlier that uh, you thought uh, 
in terms of the music, one of the things she does, like Rolling Stones, uh, Bikini, is there'd be ways to get into that market. I mean, we just had the big yeah. voodoo festival. and You know, and I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about it, and, and, you know, one of the things that we have in New Orleans that's so great is a lot of festivals. And maybe work with the roller derby girls and have oh. them, you know, for like French Quarter Fest, cruise around in the Robert, bikinis. you're almost too good at this. This might nah. be what you do on a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, just throwing it out there. The mm-hmm. uh, how about a Hornbeck bikini with the little uh, chess piece there? A calendar. There you go. Well, <laughs> I, any, any, anything's possible. <laughs> Don Hornbeck. We're, start, we're starting our own apparel shop, by the way. You know, and uh, there's another brand out there with a horse on it, and we're going to plan on knocking them out of the box. Whoa! You know, you heard I don't know it here what, what was their name. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Polo Offshore Fleet. They have, oh, God. Todd Hornbeck, Robert Suggs. We've covered bikinis, oil and gas, solar energy, and we've even managed to have lunch. It's been great to have you both on the show today, and I hope to have you back uh, maybe next bikini season. Uh, thanks so much for being a, a part of Out to Lunch. Thank you, Robert Todd. Thank you. Thank you. Great, Appreciate it. Great guests. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Todd Hornbeck, Chairman, President, and CEO of Hornbeck Offshore Services, and Robert Suggs, CEO of South Coast Solar. To find out more about Todd's boats and barges or Robert's solar panels and power, follow the links on our websites, www.now.org and itsneworleans.com. The show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer today is Chris Keogh. The somewhat misunderstood Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can get this show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. And you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's neworleans.com and www.no.org. Support for Out to Lunch comes from PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes Studio One music software, Studio Live digital mixing consoles, Eris Studio monitors, and more. More information about Baton Rouge-based PreSonus is online at presonus.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting and WWNO for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on Out to Lunch around the table here at Commander's Palace. Till then, be well, be safe, be happy. Bye-bye. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker and Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana. Additional support comes from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, LLC.